Call from mom. Answer it. Call silenced. Instacart knows nothing gets between you and the game. That's why they make ordering from your couch easy. Stock up today and get all your groceries for the week delivered in as fast as 30 minutes without missing a minute of the game. You have 47 new voicemails. Download the app to get free delivery on your first three orders while supplies last. Minimum $10 per order. Additional terms apply. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on LinkedIn.com slash recommend today. A Sunday get-together here on CBS Sports Radio. Jody Mack coming to you live from the Rocket Mortgage Studios. When you, need a, when you need cash out of your home and a simple way to get it, Rocket can. All right, uh, one of our football faves, we're going to go on the gridiron here. But he tells me he wants to add to a baseball conversation we were doing yesterday here on the Jody McDonald Show. Uh, you catch him on 710 ESPN Seattle. is hosting duties and writing for them as well. And if you're any kind of an NFL geek and you don't listen to uh, Johnny's podcast, Schooled with the Professor, you are missing out. You can get it where you get all your better podcasts. Mr. John Clayton joins me here on CBS Sports Radio. How you doing, JC? Good, Mike. I mean, just... Good, Jody. I'm thinking of Mike in Pittsburgh who called last night with the Bruce Keeson story. <laughs> well, hey, uh, anybody who's listening to my show on Saturday nights gets to go wherever they want. Uh, thank you very much for listening tonight. Thank you for coming on with me today. So you knew Bruce Keeson, huh? Yeah, I did. And, of course, I mean, the one thing that Mike brought up was, what, in 1979, how uh, you know Bruce was defiant against the batter that he hit. Okay. Well, it turns out that the story is even better than that because the batter was Mike Schmidt, the uh, third baseman for the Philadelphia Phillies. Okay. And so Bruce is obviously one that he'll throw inside, hits, try to hit you, do all those different things. And so uh, Bruce hit Mike, and Mike takes his bat and points it at Bruce Keeson, and he says, "Next time you do that, I'm going to come out and get you." And Bruce came back and says, "Why don't you make next time?" This time, oh, yeah, the so story Mike ran to the mound, uh, and he ends up, you know, getting into a fight with Bruce, and he breaks one of his fingers, and so he had to miss time because of it. Ouch! That is a great story. The one that was told last night. Uh, for those of you who weren't listening last night, shame on you. That John's referring to. Thank you very much for listening, John. Uh, he was talking about Frank Robinson. Uh, that Frank used to hang all over the plate, and he threw inside to Frank a couple of times and said something very similar, like, why, do, why don't we make next time now? Uh, so, yeah, Bruce Keeson was fearless out there on the mound, and I did get to know him after his career was over and done with on the scouting trail. Pretty damn good pitcher, and we did lose yeah. him just recently. So uh, our condolences again to the Keeson family. Great story, JC. Thank you for sharing that. Now I need you to share your NFL inside knowledge with us. Um, caught the re-air of the Seahawks game. No, they didn't play many starters yesterday, but they got their tails kicked pretty darn good. Um, uh, yeah, no Russell Wilson, so how are you really going to grade the Seahawks? But they got a bunch of guys that are playing it. They're going to call on to do some things for them. Anything to their slow spring start? Yeah, I mean, it's just that we're seeing this so often because, I mean, you're seeing the same thing in Green Bay and 
Minnesota. And in fact, I was just totaling it up with the Cleveland New York Giant game. Uh, both teams uh, let 33 players not play. Each team, 33. And last week, it was a total of 522 players that did not play. And with the uh, 66 that didn't play today, what you see is it's already a 500 with uh, two more games left. So now there's going to be more players missing this week's games in the second week of the preseason than it is even last week. And so it's just it's a different preseason. And basically, uh, you can see what Pete Carroll is doing is that uh, – you know, he's got Dwayne Brown on the offensive line who's holding in because he wants a new contract. They've got uh, Ethan Posick injured at center. And so he didn't want to put uh, Russell Wilson out there in the first two games, and he didn't want to put any of the starting offensive linemen out there. So basically, I mean, they, they sat out like uh, 31 players last night and really just haven't gotten, been able to get going in the first half, Ball by, fell behind it. They've been outscored now because the Raiders beat them uh, 20 to 10. They've been outscored uh, about, about, about 50 to 10 or something like that. There was 20 to 7 last week. Uh, they've been outscored 50 to 10 in the first two games. Understood. And uh, you mentioned all those guys who haven't played. Some of them are already legitimately hurt. Those who aren't playing, they're protecting them from potentially getting hurt. And they're actually going to stick with that because last night the Seahawks had two guys taken off on the John Deere, had to be tractored off the field, uh, Mr. Uh, Burke uh, Kerbin and uh, John Ursula, uh, Ursula yeah. the wide receiver. Uh, how big a loss are either of those two guys? They looked significantly injured. Yeah, well, Ursula got a, a torn ACL, so he's out for the season. He was basically going to be their fifth receiver if they were going to keep five. And so that now puts them in the market to try to get you know another young receiver. You know, and Dwayne Estridge, their third, second-round pick, they've not played yet because he's been banged up. So there's some question marks there. And Ben Verkirvin, uh I, I wouldn't be surprised if that's an ACL because it was a bad knee injury. And so, uh, you know, he got hurt. And now we're up to about 13 guys that have ACL tears and about seven who have Achilles tears uh, so far in the OTAs preseason and uh, in the preseason games. So it's like, uh, you know, you got to watch out for injuries. I mean, LJ Fort in Baltimore ended up getting a torn ACL last night. And so it's like, it's a dangerous time because again, it's like once you ramp up your services on the field in a game situation, then you risk the chance of getting a soft tissue injury, something like that, even though you may not be hit. So yeah, injuries are really starting to mount up right now. And that's got to be a little bit scary for both the Seahawks and all the other teams. John, a bunch of teams around the league, actually most of them, are going through these joint practices leading up to an exhibition game. Team that's going to be on the road travels there early, gets a couple of practices in ahead of time, then they actually play the game. Um, so I've heard some coaches say they can get as much, if not more, out of the practices. I'm not sure that controlled environment is nice, um, but uh, are you really learning what your players can or can't do? What's your thoughts on the addition of uh, that many more uh, controlled scrimmages, joint practices, uh, because they're playing one last exhibition game? Yeah, because, I mean, I think half the league, six, uh, 16 teams last week, had joint practices. I mean, I think what you can see is, like, for example, the Rams and Raiders, they had a joint practice and they had nothing, a whole bunch of fights and all those different things. And so both teams rested their starters. I mean, today Cleveland and the Giants, they've been practicing in a joint practice. They each kept 33 players out. And so I guess you want to get your work in because the one thing you can do in the joint practices instead of having, you know, 11 guys on the field at one time, 
uh, you can actually then have all your guys on the field for you know a two-hour period, hour-and-a-half period, however it's going to be, and get more work in and get more things done. But then some of the unfortunate things is, I mean, you have some feisty ones. I mean, you know, nothing more feisty than the Tennessee-Tampa Bay series, which, of course, Tampa Bay rested their uh, starters and, and that. But also you have four fights, and four times you have all these big altercations, particularly the one that, uh, I mean, you can see with Antonio Brown ripping off the helmet of a cornerback and then punching him in the face and getting kicked off the field. And I know that with the four fights and everything else, you know, Tennessee and Mike Vrabel, who I, uh, unfortunately today tested positive for COVID-19, you know, said they asked him about the practice and he said, no, it sucked. The practice really sucked. And so <laughs> you get that. And then uh, you get all the other things. Like, for example, it was so bad in that Raider Ram uh, game or uh, scrimmage that what ended up happening is that, uh, you know, you have, uh, you know, Sean Payton taking the players and, you know, putting them in the bus early and then John Gruden talking about how ridiculous it was. So, yeah, it can tend to get a little bit out of control. But, I mean, you do get a lot of work done. And in some ways, maybe you can get more work done than you can in a preseason game. You mentioned the Dwayne Brown hold-in, not participating, but he is in camp. Uh, he wants the contract redone. They haven't made – they had to get the Adams done uh, thing done first, so it kind of pushed Brown into the background, but it doesn't look like they're moving uh, forward or getting close to getting something done with him. Uh, pretty soon here, the games are going to start, and you know what's going to hit the fan. How's that mm -hmm. going to play out in Seattle? Will he uh, hold his services out and go home if he doesn't have something uh, by opening week? Or uh, do you actually think they're going to be able to get this done the same way they did with Jamal Adams? Well, Pete Carroll doesn't think that uh, he's going to miss any any games during the season, even if they don't get a deal done. But I'd have to think they're going to get a deal done. I mean, the first and most important was to get Jamal Adams in there because he's such a playmaker on defense. I mean, you saw he set the record last year for defensive back sacks. He had nine and a half. Uh, and so he comes back after you know, having a couple surgeries and all that stuff. And now he's going to start to probably get his first action next week uh, when they take on the Chargers. So that, that goes well. But, no, I think they'll get something done. I mean, the tough one also to try to get done is going to be Quandre Diggs, the safety who went to the Pro Bowl last year because they have two Pro Bowl safeties. Uh, Quandre makes $6.2 million. But what I look at with the Dwayne Brown situation, I can I compare it to what you saw a couple of years ago with uh, Andrew Whitworth. You know, Whitworth uh, ended up making he's on an eleven and a half million dollar contract that ran out, and so then he did a three year deal, but he got it at ten million dollars a year. Right now, you've got uh, Brown making about eleven million. I think ultimately, if he can get some kind of a deal on a two year basis for ten million dollars a year, I think that'll work, and I think they can make that work. Fair enough. John Clayton, the professor, our guest here on CBS Sports Radio. All right, you got a first-hand look at one of the true quarterback competitions in the NFL this offseason with the Broncos. Uh, last week, Locke started, played pretty damn well. Bridgewater came off the bench, played pretty well himself, maybe not as good as Locke. I would say the same thing happened yesterday. Bridgewater started, played pretty well, uh, pretty darn well. Locke came off the bench, not bad, comparable, but maybe not as good as Bridgewater. Seems very much up in the air to me. You're going to help the uh, Broncos make the call there? Who starts game one for them? Well, I thought based on last week with the five completions for 151 yards, all Locke had to do was come in to this game against Seattle, and uh, everything was going to be locked up with him being the starter. Well, turns out I don't think that's going to be the case. 
it's back to being being even Steven, according to Vic Fangio, <laughs> because here's Bridgewater. He comes out with the first team. He gets two touchdown drives in his first two possessions, gets a 14 nothing lead, and then, of course, uh, plays into the second quarter, the middle of the second quarter, and really did well. Locke came in, and two out of his first three plays, he ends up uh, you know, getting getting hit, sacked, all those different things. And so he didn't play as well. So it looks like it's going to be another week before they make a decision. You know, what uh, Vic has to decide tomorrow is that who's going to get the start in the third preseason game. Most likely it's going to be Locke because, again, he's got more seniority on this team. But, no, it's still a wide-open situation. The one thing that you know, Locke had working against him is that once he got into the game, they started putting the backups in, and that probably didn't help him on the offensive line. I give the coaching staff credit because they have been fair. They called it a fair and square competition when it started. It has been after two weeks. Well, they got to figure it out within the next week. Uh, all right, uh, the one other uh, quarterback debate that uh, should be fun leading into the season, we'll get more information on tonight between Jameis Winston and Taysom Hill. Um, before the competition started, did you think there was someone who should have had the edge or had the edge and is going to end up starting, or do you think that is also still very wide open? Uh, it's wide open, but I still think Jameis Winston has the pedigree to be able to get the starting job. I mean, you know, I know he throws too many interceptions. I got him in trouble in uh, down in Tampa, but it's like what you're looking at is a guy that has the ability to throw for 5,000 yards and is a former high pick in the draft. So I think he has the edge where Taysom Hill is a very good football player, but we don't know how good he is as a quarterback. That's still a big question mark. I mean, yeah, last year when he would get in there, he didn't do well against good teams. He did well against bad teams, but everybody does well against bad teams. So I think Jameis right now, I don't know if he can lock it up this week He might in the game tonight. I think he might be able to, but or the game tomorrow. But in the end, I think that uh, Jameis will probably end up with the starting job. And then, of course, we have to look to Indianapolis to see what's going to happen because don't read a lot into Carson Wentz you know, being able to practice. It's going to be somewhat, I think, like the uh, practices we're seeing with Dak Prescott the last uh, three or four weeks where he's going to get out there, throw the football on the side, but I think right now he's still far away from maybe being there for the opener, coming back from that broken bone in his foot. So it looks like it's just a battle between Sam Sam Ellinger and uh, you know Jacob Eason. Yeah, and Ellinger didn't have near as good a game yesterday as he did last week. So it looks to me like Eason's got a little bit of a lead there. It's all down to four till Carson Wentz is healthy. All right, JC, they're going to cut down this week from 85 to 80. Uh, don't think we'll see any major players. Every once in a while there's a diamond in a rough. But then the week after, it's going to be a madhouse because they're going all the way from 80 to 53. And you've got the scramble for the players, players you liked in the draft, not expecting to see there. Do you try and pick them up and put them on your 53? Do you try and swim over to your practice squad? What do the players do? Would they rather stay on a practice squad of a team they've been working with the whole time? Or go to a team that says, hey, we desperately want you. We, we came close to drafting you. Can't believe you became available. It's beauty in the eye of the beholder type thing between the players and the clubs. How nuts is it going to be on cutdown day uh, oh, next week? Yeah, it's going to be crazy. But that's the thing. It's like if you're a player, I mean, you'd rather be on a roster someplace than on a practice squad because look at the difference in money. I mean, here, if you're even just a rookie, you're making uh, 1-17th of $66,000. And where you can look at uh, over in the practice squad, you get 10000 a week. And you have no guarantees. So it's like in the end, I think that, uh, I mean, you'd rather be on a roster. But the one problem that teams are facing 
is that, uh, you know, how many guys can you really bring in because, you know, they have to be uh, COVID tested and, you know, don't, don't know about any kind of a uh, vaccination they have to take, all those different things. So I think most teams are going to keep most of the guys that they have on the practice squad. And, of course, you can keep 10 young guys and then six veterans to try to fill out that practice squad. But I think that, uh, you know, there's not going to be a lot of movement, but there's certainly going to be crazy just watching all that. And, of course, one thing we'll see this week, what we saw last week, there'll be a couple trades. A couple trades, a couple guys jumping from team to team. But uh, I like your point about COVID being a factor here that if you've got to get retested, joining a new team, if you're already in the protocol with your team you're practicing with, it's that much easier move uh, to the practice squad. So that makes a lot of sense. I, how big a factor is COVID going to play this year? We know what happened last year, and they got the season in, and uh, more power to the Tampa Bay Bucks. They won it fair and square, and their championship counts the same as every other championship the NFL has ever had. Um, this year it looks like full capacity for all the fans in the stands, but the teams have their protocols in place. You see a couple of guys testing positive. You just mentioned Mike Vrabel doing so. Uh, that's kind of tough when your coach goes into it. Are we going to see it have as big an effect last year, uh, this year, as it did last year? I think it will. In fact, it could even be a bigger factor because last year, because they had the uh, you know 16 games over you know, an 18-week period, they can had the flexibility of having that 17th week where they can move some games. They don't have that right now because they've got a 17-game schedule, and so there's no flexibility, no moving of the games, and that's going to be a big problem, I think, for uh, – certain teams like I me mean, for example last night i mean you know the rams had to go without a punter because their two punters are in COVID tracing and so they they weren't able to do anything and we saw last year denver had three quarterbacks that were in the room with no mask and all that stuff and so they had to be scratched and so what you worry about is that uh, if you have a big spread particularly among the teams that aren't uh, toward the top of the list as far as vaccinations you could have some major problems. So I think there's going to be you know, a lot more issues this year, but we'll see if we can get through it. I mean, the good thing about the NFL last year is that somehow, some way, they got through the entire season with only about 232 players testing positive. Sure, there was a lot of guys on the COVID list for tracing and you know, being around guys that had the COVID uh, positive test, but it was only 232 that tested positive, which is a very good number for all the players that are in this league. All right, John, last thing, um, the one stance I will take as of right now as to guys on the edge of making a roster and making it not making it, I say that Nathan Peterman has to make it for the Raiders. He's taken every snap of the first two preseason games. He's already thrown the ball 63 times this preseason. If that doesn't earn you a uh, spot on the roster, I don't know what uh, will. And if John Gruden cuts him after making him be their tackling dummy for the first two games, then I'm going to boo John Gr- uh, Gruden. Yeah, no, I think, he, I think he has to make it, and particularly with Marcus Mariota having that quad injury that's kind of holding him back. And so what you wonder if I don't know where Mariota is going to be this week as far as being able to do something, but you kind of wonder, is a team going to trade for Marcus Mariota? Because I think you know, they'd be willing to listen, uh, the Raiders, and then have Peterman as a backup. But, yeah, I mean, and I watched Peterman last week, and he was sensational. I mean, he was able to run that offense very well, had a high completion percentage. I mean, he was great. And so it's like uh, we'll, we'll see if uh, Carr is going to play anything next week. 
But Peterman, I think you're right. He has to make this team. Yeah, he's earned it. When you're out there and you take every snap in the first two preseason games, when guys are saying, what do you control with me as the number? 500 players didn't play the last couple of weeks and Peterman took every single snap? That guarantees you a spot on my roster. Johnny, when does the, the new pod drop this week? Well, actually, we did it on Friday and uh, had, a, had a great one on uh, schooled with a professor because Mike Pereira, Pereira came on from Fox and gave a great uh, talk as far as what uh, is going on with the rule changes. You know, he talked about what he liked, what he didn't like. I mean, so uh, schooled with a professor, you can catch him just about on anything that uh, has a podcast. But uh, Pereira was sensational with what he was able to say. See, that's why we like having Clayton on. Smart minds think alike. Not only does he listen to my show, I had Mike Pereira on last week, and he was great with me when I had him here on CBS Sports Radio, so I'm not surprised that he's great with you. Check out the Professor Podcast. Uh, Always great to have you on the show with us, John. You know, I'll be calling during the season, buddy. Okay, sounds good, Jim. John Clayton uh, from 710 ESPN in Seattle, hosts and uh, also writes for their website and the Schooled with the Professor podcast is a must-listen for all you NFL wonks. Johnny Mac coming back. We'll get the phones reopened. You know how to get in. 855-212-4227. Get you on with the Mac, man. Okay, picture this. It's Friday afternoon when a thought hits you. I can waste another weekend doing the same old whatever, or I can conquer it. I can hop into my all-new Hyundai Santa Fe and hit the road. Any road. The steeper, the better. Because my all-new Santa Fe is available with H-Track all-wheel drive, so I can hit the trail without a worry in the world. Heck, with three rows and best-in-class rear cargo space, I can pack the whole family in with all our gear. We've got available dual wireless charging for our phones, so we'll never lose touch with civilization, and we won't lose touch with the primordial power of Mother Earth. So which is it? Waste the weekend or do something a little more epic and conquer it in the all-new Hyundai Santa Fe. Visit HyundaiUSA.com or call 562-314-4603 for more details. Hyundai, there's joy in every journey. This episode is brought to you by Progressive Insurance. Whether you love true crime or comedy, celebrity interviews or news, you call the shots on what's in your podcast queue. And guess what? Now you can call them on your auto insurance, too, with the Name Your Price tool from Progressive. It works just the way it sounds. You tell Progressive how much you want to pay for car insurance, and they'll show you coverage options that fit your budget. Get your quote today at Progressive.com to join the over 28 million drivers who trust Progressive. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Price and coverage match limited by state law. T-Mobile has invested billions to light up America's largest 5G network, from big cities to small towns, including right here in yours. And great coverage is just the beginning. Right now, families and small businesses can save up to 20% versus AT&T and Verizon when they switch. Visit your local T-Mobile store today. Plan savings with three lines of T-Mobile essentials versus comparable available plans. Plan features and taxes and fees may vary.